Eumelos stiffened, rigid as a spear shaft from head to toe. Then a convulsion racked him, arching his back like a bow. In the next breath, he was twisting and thrashing, his arms flailing wildly. I backed away, my heart racing. But before I took a second step, the frenzy was over. What's- Another spasm seized Eumelos. Breath rasped through his nose as his jaw clenched, his teeth bared. He rolled from side to side, with his arms drawn up and his knees pumping. He looked as if he were fighting some eerie, invisible presence. Fighting and losing. I backed away, sick with dread, and begged Apollo, whose great temple guards Corinth, to watch over us all. Hyanthedus arrived at my side. The Asclepion. Eumelos started whining like a man bereft. We could only watch as convulsion after convulsion tortured him. Every time he lay still, I held my breath, praying this was his release. Time and again his torment resumed. I've seen men die in battle. I've seen friends fade and fail from slow sickness as relentlessly mortal as a spear through the eye. I sat beside my father's deathbed with my family. I'd never seen anything like this. The end caught me unawares. Belatedly, I realized I'd counted a dozen breaths while Eumelos lay limp as a slaughtered lamb. Sasimi's voice shook as she peered around Lysocrates. Is he dead? I summoned up my courage and knelt. Reaching for his throat, I felt for the beat of his heart, but I couldn't be sure if I was mistaking the trembling in my fingers for his pulsing blood. I can't tell. Try this. Apollonides offered me a silver platter. Athena only knows where he'd got it. I held the gleaming metal over Eumelos's mouth and nose. Snatching it away, I studied it closely. Not trusting myself, I repeated the process. This time I was sure. Faint and swift to fade, shallow breath nevertheless misted the metal. I got to my feet, brushing away a pot's head I hadn't even realized I'd knelt on. He's still alive. Hyanthedus stepped forward. Asclepios' shrine is to the north and west of here, by the city walls. Menocles approached. We'll need a litter to carry him. Stay back. I warded them off with upraised hands. We don't know what ails him. Philocles, Apollonides protested. We were drinking with the man. Sharing a cup? I challenged. No. So we can hope you've escaped any contagion. So who's going to carry him to the doctor? Menocles demanded. You're hardly going to sling him over your shoulder. That was fair comment. Eumelos was half a head taller than me, and I'm built for running, not wrestling. We need a couple of strong slaves and a litter, Apollonides insisted. We'll fetch Caduce, Sasimi answered. She was still by the table, her face taut with concern. No, I could tell I was going to be saying that a lot. If this mysterious ailment struck me down, I needed my faithful slave to stay fit and well, to look after Zasimi in this unfamiliar city. He would see her safely back to Athens, and to her father, Menkore. Go back to our lodgings with Menocles. I turned to the actor. 
send word to what's his name? Eumelos's man, the one who was waiting there to welcome us. Dardanus. Menocles snapped his fingers as he recalled the name of the slave who managed Eumelos's household. That's him. I nodded gratefully. Tell him to get here as quick as he can with a couple of strong lads. If the big Corinthian had some insidious disease, the chances were good that those closest to him had already been put at risk. As for my friends and the woman I loved, I made a silent vow to Athena and to Dionysus. I would keep them as far from this peril as I possibly could.